The promise of adventure drives every RV journey. For those of you looking to launch life's journeys, I welcome all of you to the Where's Willie podcast, powered by Heartland RV, a leading manufacturer of towable recreational vehicles in the United States. Heartland RV manufactures over 15 brands of fifth wheels, travel trailers, and toy haulers. Heartland RV brands are sold through an independent network of dealers throughout the United States and Canada. No matter how many miles you travel, we all have a story to share about our journey. I'm excited for all of you to learn about today's guest and their life's journey. So for all of the listeners here on the Where's Willie podcast, those of you that are traveling through the Nashville, Tennessee area, you will maybe find an all-black trolley with gold font lettering, giving folks over the age of 21 an experience that they probably haven't normally seen in quite some time. You're going to take a step back in time to maybe the 1930s, where you step aboard a beautiful, completely renovated trolley to experience boutique cigars, even a shoe shine, but most importantly, go beyond the transaction of buying a cigar. You're gonna be able to have a conversation with a true gentleman, my friend, Mr. Daniel Hoovery, owner of Gentleman's Cigars. Dan, welcome to the Where's Willie podcast. I uh, appreciate it, Willie. How are so, you doing today? I'm doing great. So for all the listeners, you know, um, you and I, we've had a lot of conversation outside of you know, the podcast today. I'm really excited for a variety of reasons. So for everybody listening, Daniel and I became friends through the C-Suite Network. And over you know, the course of the years, you've kind of shared your vision and goal to do what you love, which I believe that you are a cigar aficionado. I don't know them. And I know a lot of people throughout North America, especially those folks that travel the world in an RV, they enjoy a bourbon, a whiskey, or even a cigar. And so it's been fun to see you completely renovate this trolley and it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, the work that your wife had done with the crushed red velvet, all the leather seats, it's a beautiful trolley that you've made. And I love the business concept, but most importantly, it's been so fun to see you time and time again, happy doing what you love. So before we get into all the RVers that are passing through the Nashville, Tennessee area that want to experience Gentleman's Cigars, how did that come to fruition? Kind of, you know, what's your past? Have you always been in the cigar business? What led you to where you're at today? Originally, I started out as electrical engineer back in the 70s. Okay. Electrical engineering school and worked for 23 years doing electrical engineering, maintenance management, electrical work. And after that, 23 years, a little thing called NAFTA came through. If you remember that, Willie. And when NAFTA came through, it put a big burden on America. And the company that I had worked for that had been in business for 102 years had to shut its doors. I lost my job from that one. Six months later, I got another job as a maintenance manager with another company. Two months after that, I got everything up and running. They sold out to another group of investors. I got axed that day. All upper management got terminated. Well. Because of it being a government job or government program that put me out of work initially, the government said, 
we'll send you back to school for two years to a state school. So I went back to culinary school at that point in time and learned culinary and studied the Victorian era cooking, along with um, being a professional chocolatier. And I had had, when I worked for the first company, I'd had a little smoke shop that was a fledgling shop and it just gotten to where it was paying itself. Okay. It was paying, you know, I couldn't take any money out of it, but it was paying the rent. It was paying for all sure. the cigars. It was doing all that stuff. And I had to shut it down because I didn't have any other income. I had to get a job and everything at that point in time. But when I went through culinary school, I wound up being restaurant manager and chef and different things like that. And then later on, bought into a restaurant where I had three other partners. At that point in time, I thought that I was doing a good thing. For the business people out there, one thing that you need to remember is you do not know what your health is going to do. I did not put a health clause in the contract when I paid for a quarter of the company. And because of that, when I had my stroke, I lost my interest in the restaurant and had to give back my interest to the other three partners. That happening and everything, I'm laying up in the hospital bed and with no insurance, nothing like that, and I see you. And the question came to me from one of the other partners was, well, he's supposed to be there in the morning to open. What's he going to do about that? And I realized I had joined in with the wrong partners at that time. You know, fast forwarding, it took me several years to get to where I could walk and do different things like that. And, you know, then I had another issue that was a bleeding issue where I have what they call varices veins, which is like varicose veins, but they form the esophagus, stomach, and intestines. And if they rupture, you bleed out. Well, one of the books that I wrote after the stroke, the first book that I wrote was a Victorian ketchup cookbook, which has about 200 recipes of ketchup and about 60 different flavors of ketchup in it. And because of the bleeding issue where they give me the blood banks of Tennessee, it give me over 30 units of blood in a year and a half. I give 90% of my proceeds from that book back to the blood banks of Tennessee for keeping me alive. And when I got to where I felt like I could actually work for a living, I decided to open up another smoke shop because the stress of it is not as high as like the restaurant stress and different things like that. So you don't have that high stress, high, you know, everything else going on it, you know, full tilt all the time. And the electrical engineering has bypassed me on everything that's being done nowadays compared. And I, the way the stroke hit me mainly was a part of it was the fact that I could not remember things. That's the reason I wrote the book because it was helping me to remember things while I was writing that cookbook. I had to go into the kitchen and get a cup out because I could not remember how many ounces was in a cup. And after being a chef for, you know, over 10 years, it was hard for me to accept that in a way. But um, after, you know, everything happened and everything, we had COVID. Right before COVID hit, I was in the process of signing or negotiating a lease for a building here locally to put a okay. cigar shop in. 
if I had done that and signed that lease, I would have been locked into paying for a building that I could not move into and could not open up a business in because it's starting to work in your favor at this point in your life. So the fact that that guy kept, you know, disputing, you know, like he had one price on the building that saying how much is going to be a month. Then when I went to him, he had wanted a different price that was about, you know, half again, higher every yeah. month and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, this is how much was on the building. That's what I want to pay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, but it was just, I said, I go, what actually is going to represent me? Because this is me 365 days a year. What you see is what you got type person. And what's going to represent me and my family? My great, great grandfather was one of the original people for the Nashville Rail and Light Company, which was a streetcar company and the gas light company in Nashville at the, at the time, in the early 1900s. And I just took, you know, said, okay, for something to represent me, I'm going to go look for an old trolley. And I found one that was in almost disrepair. Oh, I saw it. I remember the pictures. It was almost in disrepair, and I repaired it. <laughs> yeah. And you've done a fantastic job, Daniel. And that's the thing that, like I said, you know, and, and I think that's the one thing that you and I can relate to. Since you've launched this with the beautiful trolley, to me, you know, you were at the point of vulnerability with life. You battled back from a stroke, adversity, and yet in your own life's journey, you, like me, recognize, you know, every person that steps aboard the gentleman's cigar and sits and has a conversation with you, everybody has a story to be shared. And I think it's just so serendipitous that with all the stress of the American way, working for company X, brick and mortar, having the house, you know, doing everything you can along your life's journey, as we all do, we have ups, we have downs. You've now gotten to the point where, yeah, you had a rolling chassis, basically. That's it with the trolley. And you've made it a beautiful experience. So it's obvious to all the listeners, I'm sure by now, that realize why I think you're such a great human being. You're true, you're authentic, you paid homage to your own family, and you're doing what you love. So for everybody that wants to step aboard, a couple of things that I just want to spell out. Anybody that wants to experience Gentleman's Cigars, you need to call 615-512-6814 to book a visit. This is not a transport, but Daniel will set up. And when you step aboard, I believe, just like your background with being a chef, you're not just going to buy a cigar you're gonna be able to learn about the cigars. So let's talk about that experience. When people come aboard, like right now, how many different varieties of, and I'll call them boutique cigars. I believe that the cigars that you have aboard, Gentleman's Cigar Trolley, they're not ones you're gonna find in big box stores. I think that they all have a story to tell and some unique features. So what is, in a given week, Daniel, what is the offering of cigars that are available to guests? I have everything from a mild to a medium to a full to a full full bodied cigar. And for each person, it's an individual choice on what they're wanting. 
Okay. You have a different palate than I do, Willie. Yep. And if I sit there and I was suggesting a cigar to you, how many cigars have you smoked in your life? Uh, I would say less than 20. Just a, okay. I've had a recreational cigar with a bourbon. Every, and- now, every now and then you smoke a cigar, but you're okay. wanting to get into the cigar activity. Yeah. So I would suggest you going with a mild or a medium mild cigar. At that point, you're going to be able to get flavors out of the cigar because you're not used to smoking them. And you're going to be able to sit there and find that balance in between what you're drinking, because you always want something to drink with a cigar. Yeah. Whether whether it's water to King Louis, you want something to drink in there. And the reason for that, it helps moisten the palate. It helps keep the palate where it's able to sit there and say, okay, I am ready for this cigar. And I am also ready to relax because that's what cigar smoking is about. Cigar smoking is not about getting a nicotine fix. Right. Cigar smoking is about sitting down, relaxing, having a good conversation, or maybe doing it by yourself on the back porch at night. Whatever that part of life is telling you, you can do. That's what cigar smoking is about. Now, if you had, if you said, okay, I've been smoking a medium bodied cigar, then I would sit there and go, okay, have you ever tried a full bodied cigar? If you're used to smoking, if they say yes, then you say, what cigars have you been used to smoking? Sure. Because my cigars are boutique cigars. I do not carry the main cigars that you're going to find everywhere else. And so can, I want to stop you right there. So can you explain to everybody, because of your knowledge then, how do you go about the selection process? I mean, as you just kind of said, for somebody like me that doesn't know a whole lot, I kind of, and I'm not trying to make a comparison, but for my mind to keep it simple, you think about it like coffee. You got a light roast and a dark roast. So you've got different blends. But then when it comes to the boutique cigars, Daniel, how do you go about selecting that one? Is there like an aging process with the leaves similar to that aging bourbon process? Your leaf and everything is going to be aged. Okay. And the longer that it's aged, the more that it mellows out and different things like that, just like in your bourbon and stuff. But, you know, it's when it comes down to the leaf color, that's a good hint on what, you know, the darker the leaf color, the normally the stronger the cigar. Okay. And what gives it that is the higher up on the plant that it grows, the darker the leaf will be. If you've heard of Lajero tobacco, that is a stronger tobacco. It's normally up on the, the top of the plant. It has less pickings, you know, because of the fact of how high it up it is. The leaves are smaller and everything, but they have a lot of, power to them. And then when you go to like somebody says Maduro or a sun grown, all Maduros are sun grown, but not all sun growns are Maduros. So uh, <laughs> no, but, th- but this is where, like I said, I mean, there's a big publication out there right now. I think it's called Cigar Aficionado, right? Where it's the world yeah. of cigars. So when you talk about, you're looking at leaf colored, when you're making that consideration on X brand to be aboard, you know, Gentlemen's cigars. 
are you like doing research and education on like the company and their culture? Are you looking at the region where the leaves are coming from? How do you go about, like I said, picking when, these when I'm, select, when I'm selecting them to be on my, in my humidor here for okay. you to select, I look at the construction of the cigar. I look at the overall flavors of the cigar. You know, what type of flavors are you getting out of that cigar? Is a mild a pure mild? Is it, or is it, you know, more than you're smoking air. Okay. Because I, I have had some of those cigars that, you know, it is so mild that you might as well not even be smoking because there's no flavor. There's no nothing to it. Then you go and look at the company itself. Is this a company that you think that their core values can work with your core values? Just like with you with the, working with RVs and stuff, Willie, if you had a different core value than the RV company, you couldn't work there. Yep, agreed. And that's the same way with me working with, you know, because I'm working directly with these people to buy their cigars and bring them into my shop. I want to make sure that my values and their values are similar. So again, so people like me, you're making your selection. Can you educate, I guess, all the listeners? Are there any, you know, like we've seen a big surge, right, with these uh, new microbreweries. There's micro distilleries. Are there local to Tennessee, a state that's near and dear to your heart? Are there local Tennessee uh, cigar manufacturers? Yes. One of the, the best ones is Crown Heads Cigars. Crown Head Cigars, I've got probably what, six different cigars from that company, and I'm ordering more in because the cigars are excellent. They do not put out junk, and they're local. They're almost like family. They're from Nashville. That's awesome. I was born in Nashville. The guy that started the company, he trained under cigars by the same guy that trained me in cigars. Wow. And, you know, it's just one of those type things where until I got to talking to him and everything, I didn't know all this. And that's where conversations come in so greatly when you're talking to somebody. I believe wholeheartedly in their cigars because they put out excellent, excellent cigars. It's not something that you're going to find on every shelf, but something you're going to find on mine. So let me ask you this then, Daniel, because again, you know cigars. And, and anybody that, like I said, I know that there's listeners right now that are traveling saying, hey, we got to go meet this guy. So when they do step aboard, obviously, you're going to give them some education on the types of cigars, how they're manufactured. You learn about the cigars themselves. Have you been having a lot of guests that are stepping aboard the gentleman's cigar trolley just asking you, hey, when I leave, I want to look at getting some humidors. Do you help educate or share your expertise or background on, you know, the process of, you know, getting a good cutter and, and you know, some of the accessory items? Do you have those types of conversations with people as well? Well, I do. Let me show you a few things here. Okay. Let's see if I can figure out how to do this. All right. Oh, okay. I see it. Like I was setting up and I was trying to get everything set up, but I didn't make it before our call today. This is a cutter that I carry in the shop and it's a Lotus cutter. It's a medium price cutter. It's about $32 with tax. And it is one of those type of things that you need a good cutter. Okay. So Daniel, Daniel, for listeners like me, why does the cutter matter? The cutter is the first thing that you're putting 
onto the cigar that is going to make a total difference of what type of smoking experience you have. If you have a old dull cutter that crushes the end of the cigar, does not cut it well, or makes it ragged and stuff, that's going to ruin part of your experience in smoking a cigar. Okay, so you have cutters aboard the trolley. Here I'm seeing this looks like a very large humidor with a lot of select boutique, very unique cigars that you're not going to find just anywhere. Kind of outline to me what we're looking at in the humidor. Okay, the top shelf that I've got right here is my black label line out of California. Like this cigar right here is a cigar that is only put out once a year. And this is the 2021 edition of the cigar. I got one box in the Robusto, one box in the Double Corona. And that's all those cigars that I'll get this year. That one is a limited edition cigar. The Blackbird, which is, I've got to get some more ordered in real quick, is your Finch Crow and Unkind. They're in very nice boxes and everything that are real colorful. That's one thing they did. So if somebody can't remember, they suddenly go, I bought the red one, okay? You know which one it is. Yeah. I hire them and Solomon's down here are made by a company and everything. And you'll notice that they have a Masonic band on them. The guy that owns the company is a Mason. He wanted to make sure that that is something that people could get as a Masonic type cigar and support the Masons. Okay. So Jericho Hill, the two boxes of Mil Diaz, the four kicks of Juarez, the limited edition four kicks that I've got there. This one had two boxes of it. This is what I've got left of this cigar. I'll open up the box here for you and show you what fine cigars that they make. Wow. This is my homeboys. Humboldt's? This is your crowned heads out of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, okay. That's a cigar. That's their, one of their limited editions. They put out a few limited editions every year. But like this one right here is limited to a certain number of boxes. That's all they're going to make of that cigar. And, you know, there, a lot of the boutiques do that. So, Danny, I want to ask you another question. Now I'm yes, getting sir. real excited because, like I said, you know so much. So, again, stepping aboard the trolley, up to eight people can be aboard at a time. Do you allow guests, if they want to rent out the trolley, as I said, you can't transport them, but if you have a group of up to eight people, maybe a couple RVers following each other again over the age of 21 that want to come and experience the cigars, are they allowed to, and look at how beautiful this place is, are they allowed to bring their own beverage aboard the trolley? Yeah, I do setups and stuff, but as far as the alcohol and stuff like that, you have to bring your own. Okay. I do not furnish the alcohol for you. Okay, but do um, you have glasses and accessories? Have, in my old drink station here, I keep glassware in all these drawers and stuff, everything from like a beer stein type glassware to a cocktail glass to a brandy snifter to coffee cups where I can make you a cup of coffee if that's what you're wanting. Wow. And I keep ice on here and stuff like that. Wow. So, so you're going to get this experience. You're going to get education about these boutique unique cigars. So here's a question I have on the business side of it. I would see a lot of excitement of just coming to you as a resource to get educated on collecting cigars. So 
for the listeners that do collect cigars. Now, I may have a dumb question here because I'm new to this. Can cigars be collected, valuable, and increase over time, or do they dilute because they get to a point where maybe they're no good if they're in a bad humidor or things like that? But can people literally purchase cigars and later resell them? Well, it's against the law to resell them unless you're a tobacconist. But as far as keeping them and them becoming more valuable, as long as a cigar is kept at the right humidity and the right temperature, there are cigars from the prohibition period, not well, not prohibition period, but the um the embargo with Cuba that are still out there in their boxes being held that go for thousands of dollars. Well, and, and that was a question. I mean, by no means am I trying to promote, you know, a legal sale, but I just didn't know if, if there are people out there that have very rare cigars that a cigar, and what was that title you said? Do what now? So what I was saying was, again, I'm not advocating, you know, the illegal sale of tobacco products, but if somebody has in their possession or their collection valuable cigars, can there be those registered cigar people that you had mentioned? I forgot the title. That can tobacco, tobacconist like myself. So can tobacconists buy those back from consumers or you can't do that either? Or do they? I just didn't know. It can be done. Okay. Most of the time when it comes to those type of things, it's sort of like the wine auctions. Okay. If they're, you know, extra rare cigars and stuff like that, it's like there's one cigar that's out there that's about $2,000 a stick. And okay. is it worth it? To me personally, no. (laughs) Somebody it must be, or they wouldn't be able to sell it. Sure. But like the ones that I was showing you in here that they only made 5,000 boxes of. Okay. And I put out it, you know, like maximum two sticks per person so that, you know, everybody gets a chance to smoke one that wants to try to smoke one while I've got it. So So I know people that get like the whole box in and they don't sell it. Okay, so I wanna summarize a couple of things. Again, anybody legally over the age of 21 that want to experience a very deep education of all things cigars, history, manufacturing, leafs, coloring, processing, rarity, releases, a good conversation with a great gentleman. If you have questions about your own collection, a humidor, I want to clarify, do not sell these, but I learned that there are tobacconists that are out there that can give you a valuation maybe. I know that Daniel, you know value of cigars. So it's just like I said, it's much more than running into a store and buying a cigar just to play poker in an evening. I think what you're providing people is an amazing experience of enjoyment, conversation, education, And so I want to talk a little bit about that as we wrap up. As I had stated, you are willing, you announce on Instagram all the time where you're going to be going. Currently, you are outside of the Bedford County Fair, where you're going to be there for the next two days, correct? Right. I'm at the corner of 231 and Peacock. Okay. And if people are still struggling to find you, contact 615 512-6814 
And if you have a group, again, up to eight individuals, do you have rates kind of set? And I know it's going to be per person and how many hours and things like that. But I guess just for the context of everybody listening, if they want to book with you, the best thing to do is call you, talk about how long they're looking for you to be set up, how many people you're going to be hosting, and you can negotiate all those things and work out a price so they know in advance, correct? Okay. Also, from a logistics standpoint, when people are passing through the greater Nashville area and they want to book with Gentleman's Cigars Trolley, how far outside of Nashville, Tennessee, will you travel? Is it like a three-mile radius? Shovel's outside of Nashville, almost 60 miles. We're down close to Jack Daniels. And right now, I am sitting within about three minutes from Uncle Nearest Distillery, the Uncle Nearest Green Farm right okay. now where distillery at. Okay. And also, you know, there's another distillery that people may have heard of before called George Dickel. And that's about, you know, about 15 minutes or so away from me. I'm about 20 minutes to Jack Daniels, and that's the furthest one away from me right now. Okay. So then in summary... I want everybody listening who's over the age of 21, if you have a desire to learn and be educated and enjoy all the information and knowledge that my good friend Daniel has, learn more about Gentleman's Cigars. Go to Instagram. It's Gentleman's with an S underscore cigars or call Gentleman's Cigars at 615-512-6814. Even if you're passing through and you just want to get a photo of this beautiful restored trolley replicated to a beautiful 1930s, 1940s, I don't think that Daniel would have a problem, but check with him first. Stay on top of where he's going to all the RV travelers. If you like bourbon, you like scotch, you're going to have options in Tennessee. And now you have options to learn about cigars. Daniel, my good friend, I love you. You have so much to give. I love the stories that you share with me offline about people sharing their life's journeys with you. We all have one and I invite everybody to share their journey with you and get to know you and go and check out Gentlemen's Cigars. Thank you for tuning in to the Where's Willie Show. For more information on future shows, Please visit Where'sWillyPodcast.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Where's Willie Podcast and on Twitter at Where's Willie POD. Thank you all so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>